You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of Special Reports on Legal Talk Network. This is Lawrence Coletti and I'm the host for today's show, which is being recorded at the American Bar Association's Mid-Year Meeting in San Diego, California. We're here to cover this event uh, for you, our listeners. And joining me now, I have the speaking panel from an event here called Accommodating Religious Attire, the Ethical Implications of EEOC versus Abercrombie's Notice Requirements in Employment Law. Welcome to the panel, ladies. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Well, I guess it's not the panel. It's just an interview, but you guys <laughs> had the panel. So, yeah. So, well, thank you so much for stopping by. And so before we get started, I want to introduce everybody just briefly. So off to my left here, I have Zakra. And next to her, I have Deontia. And uh, next to her, I have Siri. Did I get everybody's names right? Yes. yes. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. So let's learn a little bit more about you uh, to provide a little context here. So I'm going to start to my left again. We're going to start. We're going to start with Zakra. Tell us uh, where do you work and what do you do? Sure. So I am a civil rights attorney. I'm also the executive director of the Bay Area Office of Care, the Council on American Islamic Relations. We're the nation's largest American Muslim civil rights organization. And Deontia. Yes, my name is Deontia. I am a shareholder at Littler Mendelssohn, which is the largest labor and employment law firm representing companies in the world. And Siri. Um, I am Siri Tanansom, but I'm with the United States Equal Employment Opportunity Commission based in San Francisco. Um, and I'm a trial attorney for them. And we are the federal agency that enforces uh, Title VII as well as the other uh, civil rights anti-discrimination laws. I really wanted to do this interview with you guys. I've been following just sort of uh, over the years some of the stories about lifeguards and some of the, uh, I guess, the, the burqa uh, attire in the swimming pool. And so obviously this has been a discussion going back and forth. I have some lifeguarding experience. And so this is something I tuned into. And when I saw this on here, I, I admittedly, I don't know too much about the Abercrombie case, but I just had to come talk with you guys. So I guess because we did a little pregame, um, what, uh, what what's that case about EEOC versus Abercrombie? So... Um in June 2015, the Supreme Court just ruled that um, that Title VII prohibits um, actions motivated by desire to a- avoid a- accommodating religious practice, whether or not the employer had actual knowledge um, of the need for an accommodation. It started off with um, a young woman named Samantha Eloff who applied for a position with the Abercrombie and Fitch clothing store. She is a practicing Muslim and she wears a headscarf um, pursuant to her religious belief. Um, She was interviewed. um, She qualified for the position, but the uh, assistant store manager who interviewed her wanted guidance from her district uh, district manager um, about whether her headscarf, um, Samantha Eloff's headscarf, would conflict with the look policy. You know, that's the look policy, capital L, capital P, that Abercrombie has, which prohibits quote-unquote caps. Now, caps is un defined according to their uh, their, their policy then. Um, but uh, she was worried about whether it would conflict with that. So she raised up with her district manager, who in turn um, directed um, Heather Cook, the uh, assistant store manager, to not hire Samantha Eloff. The EOC brought forth the case. Um, the EOC won in district court. We lost in summary judgment with the 10th Circuit, and it went up all the way to the Supreme Court. Um, the Supreme Court basically held that um, religious accommodation cannot be a motivating factor in the decision to hire or not hire somebody. Um, and it's not a knowledge question. Um, it's a motive question. And so just a, a point of clarification, what, what was her position at Abercrombie? And, is it Abercrombie and Fitch or just Abercrombie? Oh, Abercrombie and Fitch, I guess, um, clothing store. Uh, she was applying for what it's called a model position, which is, I think, it was is a is a front um, front of the store kind of position. 
So someone that works on the floor or an actual, like one of their fashion models? She actually was applying for the opportunity, so she wasn't hired yet. Let's unpack this a little bit. So I did a little bit of research on this. I didn't get into the case too much, but this obviously uh, triggers off some First Amendment concerns, uh, some 14th Amendment concerns, and as you mentioned, uh, the title, seven concerns. And so let's unpack that a little bit. So perhaps, uh, you know, kind of set the tone, because obviously there's there's appropriate clothing depending on uh, what line of work you're in. If you're, you know, a fireman or firewoman, you're going to be wearing some, some uh, you know, basically asbestos underwear, you know, so you don't burn up. But I, and I say that tongue-in-cheek, but there's going to be some appropriate appropriate uh, attire, like nurses and doctors in the hospital have to wear appropriate surgical attire. And so let's, what is the limitation of this? Sure. Well, the case was actually filed under Title VII um, because Abercrombie and Fitch isn't a government entity, et cetera. 14th Amendment doesn't apply. Those sorts of arguments wouldn't apply for that purpose. But what we're looking at is if an employer has a policy, for example, and the policy says um, everyone has to look a certain way when they come to work or wear a particular uniform, what Title VII requires is that employers also accommodate employees who have religious beliefs or religious practices that would require a modification of that kind of grooming policy or that kind of look policy, for example. And so the question here is, would the employer, did the employer have sufficient enough information to know that they needed to talk about whether they needed to adjust their policy in order to accommodate her religious practice, which was the wearing of the headscarf. And so what the Supreme Court was really saying is, even if you have a policy employers, if someone has a religious practice that is different from that policy or requires a modification of that policy, we have to be not only open to adjusting the policy, but the law requires us to do it. Okay, and what's the standard for that? It has to be a reasonable accommodation? Is that what it has to be? Okay. That's right. Under Title VII, an employer is obligated to provide a reasonable accommodation unless doing so would create an undue hardship on the business. Or, or safety. Is safety part of that concern safety as well? Safety is a component of the undue hardship. So uh, I guess going back to your speaking event, I mean, and we're kind of getting into it right now, what were some of the other concepts that were uh, flushed out as part of your discussion? I, mean, I think a big question that comes up through this case and in that discussion is how, what should an employee do or an applicant do if they're seeking an accommodation and, and or what should an employer do if there's a an obvious violation of a policy, right? Like, what are the responsibilities on on each? And so with the employee, we, we always advise employees, if you know that your religious beliefs are going to require an accommodation from the policy, ask for it, right? There is um, there's some really gr- interesting change around when an employer has actual knowledge. And from an employee perspective, you know, let's let's make that really clear. Let's give them the knowledge and put the onus on them should they choose to be motivated to make a change against us. Maybe uh, a little more plain language explanation. <laughs> so you're going in for an interview, right? And so this is a position, and let's say, uh, we'll, 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 we'll pick on Abercrombie. We'll pick on some other, uh, some other clothing Let's use store. a lifeguard example. Okay, let's use okay. a lifeguard yeah. example. So I, I, by the way, just as an uh, interesting aside, I actually didn't know anything about burkinis. And so I discovered what that <laughs> oh was uh, when I was doing my research because uh, I was like, a burkini, what the heck? And so I, and I, and I cautiously opened that up because you never know on the internet these days. I just bought my second burkini oh my ever in Turkey a couple 
couple of weeks ago. Okay. So like, I'm a huge proponent. So, oh. so, you, so you know all about it. Yeah, no, and I think a terrific idea because, you know, when I was a lifeguard, that was one of the concerns that I had was getting tangled up in something when you're making a rescue. And, uh, you know, obviously there's there's suction and filters in there and, uh, and also d- different types of fabric bring different type of uh, contaminants to the pool environment. And so, but the burkini kind of looks like a, uh, kind of looks like a wetsuit, but modified for more modesty, right? Am I, am I correct in that's that? That's correct. Yeah, absolutely. And that seems like a totally reasonable accommodation right there. And plus it covers your head and, and all of that. So it meets everybody's needs. Everybody's happy. Everybody's safe. So, um, you go, let's go back to it. Sorry. Interesting aside. I learned something new I had to share, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, let's get back to it. So you're applying for a job. Let's say it's a lifeguarding position. And, uh, let's say that it's a fancy country club and let's say that they have a certain look at, you know, and I've worked at places like this when I, when I was, uh, uh growing up as a lifeguard, you'd have to wear a certain color suit because they wanted you to match and all, and all these other things. And so someone comes in and say, listen, you can't wear that. And let's, what what should we what what is the article of clothing that is going to cause the issue? I'll, I'll leave that to you. Let's let's build a fact pattern. <laughs> sure. So, um, so I grew up swimming in like tights and t-shirts. So I was really appreciative when the burkini was developed, and I probably never pursued a career as a lifeguard because I didn't know what I would wear. But let's say I show up. I you know I do the interview. Um, the and they can't tell maybe because we don't show up in suited to swim. Right. 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 Um, and then, and then I show up to the first day of work and I'm wearing a burkini as opposed to the red uh, two-piece that they want me to wear as a female lifeguard. And so immediately there's this, you know, that is not in compliance with the look policy. That's a really obvious, like, uh, change from the look policy, right? So what I would advise an employee who was in this situation to do is to say, that is correct. Um, I understand and respect the look policy. I need to wear this um, because my sincerely held religious belief is that like I can't show my skin to non-family members. Um, and you know, XYZ, it meets all the safety requirements. It's the right fabric. Like there's no excess fabric, so it won't tangle, right? And so then I'm putting the employer on notice that I need a religious accommodation. That. And that's how you I put someone on notice. You show up the first day, uh, sport your burkini. No, so, well, I think that that's why the burkini is sort of an interesting example because it, it's not one. It's not like a, a tattoo on your hand that you might see, right? Like it right. might not be apparent. Um, At an interview, right? Though I imagine in a yeah. lifeguard interview, maybe they make you swim, and so you do have to show up with it anyways. But still, so then you're showing up to the job interview in in the in the outfit, right? And so you are putting them on notice in that way. And it's going to vary in various situations. If I get the look policy or I get the description of what the the outfit I should be wearing looks like in advance and maybe I'll have that conversation in advance, right? But I would suggest to an applicant or an employee to share with the employer that this is why I'm doing this. So it, let's see in the job application, they say, you know, we're at this fancy, fancy pants, uh, you know, uh, club and, you know, we've, we, we cater to a certain clientele. We have to have everybody wearing the same thing. Any objections? Is that enough from an employer point of view? Or if you still come in and say, I, I see all of that, but man, I love this burkini I just got. It's awesome. And so I'm going to wear this and just let you know. It, what, what does an employer do when they really want to enforce a certain look or a certain uniform that they want you to have? The policy does not trump the requirement to accommodate the religious belief. I gotcha, I gotcha. It really doesn't. Uh, I mean, unless there was some sort of safety issue or some other uh, extraordinary reason, right? Um, but in the circumstance where wearing the burkini allows you to still do the job, to still meet the requirements of the job, um, you're still able to rescue people if something goes awry, it's kind of hard to, to make a case that it's an undue hardship. Okay. 
You know, and, and I think, so I would modify my earlier answer a little bit. To the extent that there is an opportunity to have the conversation before you show up to the job in the burkini, like, that would be ideal, right? It's going to prevent some awkward situations. So, like, in the job interview context, the employer says, here's the policy. I would hope, like, that the policy includes somewhere, like, something about accommodations. And let's say, and so I would suggest raising it there. But if it doesn't come up and you show up, or let's say your religious beliefs change once you've already got the job, right? Like, oh, interesting. advance notice is always helpful. Like, it definitely smooths things over. It gives people an opportunity to have the conversation. But you can show up in the burkini and explain it. The other thing I, I would think is, this is sort of an unfortunate thing that I, that I sometimes also have to counsel um, clients and community members on, is when you're... I hate saying this, but when you're in a minority group and or when you're seeking an accommodation that may or may not make you a target, it's really important to be a great performer too, right? Is that let's not give my employer another reason to fire me, right? Is if I'm the best swimmer and I can do the job and I'm showing up in the burkini, then maybe the only reason I'm being targeted is because of the burkini, right? So we also encourage people to, to dot their I's, cross their T's and, and just be really great at what they're doing. And the truth of it is, it's also an opportunity to be educated. So, um, you know, knowing that a burkini exists, for example, that's an eye-opening opportunity. And then it helps us to engage, you know, for my clients, I would say, see how it works out. Is the person able to perform his or her responsibilities wearing the burkini? It's a new... um, it's a new form of attire to you, but let's explore it and see if it works. If it works, why not accommodate it and keep moving? Okay, yeah. And then um, just one other thing that I know comes up at times, thinking Fancy Pants Country Club, right? <laughs> um, is that customer preference right. can't be the motivation to not accommodate someone's sincerely held religious beliefs. So a Fancy Pants Country Club, I love saying it, is not going to be able to get away with saying, but our clientele, you know, appreciates a certain look. Like, that's not a defense that's going to hold up. Wow. Very enlightening, everybody. So, and Siri's been quiet, so I'm going to bring her back <laughs> in. I'm letting the panelists shine right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty much all the time we have for today. But, you know, I wanted to thank you guys for coming down. Like I said, I was very fascinated when I saw this just because of my background. And, uh, you know, that sounds very enlightening. And I got to, I got the opportunity to learn about burkinis, which I had never heard of before. So thank you so much for, for coming down. So before we close, before we close for today, I'd like to just give everyone an opportunity to leave some contact information. So if our listeners would like to follow up with you, have some more questions about what you talked about today, how can they reach you? So let's start with, uh, we'll start back with Zakra. Sure. So if folks want to learn more about the work that CARE, the Council on American Islamic Relations, is doing, they can visit us online at www.cair.com. All right, down to you. And if employers are interested in learning how they can be more compliant with religious accommodation needs under Title VII, please feel free to reach out. I can be reached at Littler Mendelson, which is littler.com, or DJ Massey, M-A-S-S-I-E, at littler.com. Excellent. And Siri? And if anybody, employers or employees, have any questions or complaints about um, questions about employment discrimination, uh, they can get information from the www.eeoc.gov or they can reach me at my email which is quite long <laughs> it's s-i-r-i-t-h-o-n dot t-h-a-n-a-s-o-m-b-a-t at eeoc.gov wow <laughs> sorry <laughs> that I think that was the longest I spoke during this conversation <laughs> 
All right. Well, thank you so much, you guys, for uh, stopping by. Uh, This has been another edition of Special Reports. I'm Lawrence Galetti. Until next time, thank you for listening. Thank Thank you. you. Awesome. Thank you so much. That was fantastic. Oh, my God. I know. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.